Nancy, we had a great conversation in the last episode talking about how to getting more clients in the door to give kind of a recap. But Nancy, I want you to give you a chance to say hello. Hi, everybody. Yeah, we <laughs> had a lot of we had a lot of fun last last week on this. Lots, lots of great topics, stuff that we had made notes. Uh, We always plan our shows in advance, and boy, we really built on these notes. Um, But the one thing that we touched on was we were looking at the whole idea, the fact that the markets are in doom and gloom right now. Things don't look good, and it's harder to get business and hard to get more clients in the door. And we looked at a little bit of the offline and offline. We didn't really get into the different uh, places you can go to do this, but how they're similar, how they're different. We were really diving deep into branding when we kind of end off last week's conversation. Right. It was an awesome conversation, and I kind of want to pick things up right from there. So the last thing we were talking about was, um, uh, you can tell my, right out the door, uh, <laughs> the fact that we were talking about the branding and... I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has to be the heart and soul of your business. It has yes. to, it has to, it's the first thing people say. So it has to be a projection of what your corporate, basically your corporate ethics are, how, how you present yourself, how you do business, um, which I believe if you're going to be an ethical business person, it starts at the core of the people who are in charge of the business. Exactly. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And, you know, the ethics is a very important thing because that, that is the, the, the foundation of your credibility. If, if people come forth, and, and you, believe it or not, credibility is in a lot of different places. The one example I gave last week was Coke. They had changed their, their, their formula for a little bit, and it, it almost crushed them. I really do yes. believe it really hurt their business because, boy, they flipped back to the old formula real fast. Yeah, exactly. You know, they then they wanted to make that just go away really fast. And there's lots of examples of large businesses who have tried to change their face too dramatically and they forgot their core business somehow. And they've had to step back into their core business because it was just too damaging uh, on the profit margins at the end of the day. There's a good reason for market research and there's a good reason for trial balloons. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So... Um, we were talking about the fact that people also had a torch, a short attention span. And one thing I've noticed though, too, is people are spending more and more time doing research. They're looking deeper before they phone. And that's another reason why in the previous show, we were talking about credibility and, you know, doing videos, doing audios, presenting a credibility it could just be written stuff, uh, lunch and learns, um, lots of different ways to present your credibility. And that allows them to do that initial research and put your face to their problem. Right. As a problem solver, of course. Um, go ahead. Well, and with, with technology now, it's so easy for people to do research and, and f- so easy for them to shop around, mm-hmm. compare. And you're right. It, if you give them a reason why they want to find out more about your company, you're already ahead of the game. Exactly. So what do you do, Nancy, if... Um, you've done your research and you think you've got your marketing in place and you're doing all these wonderful things, but you're just not, it's not working. You know, you have a favorite expression and I think it fits right here. <laughs> Murder your darlings. Yes. And can you explain that to us, Nance? Well, what that, I, when I was taking my courses at Mount Royal on, on marketing and PR back in the, in the uh, mid nineties, um, I had a great instructor and, and as she pointed out, 
you come across this, you come up with an idea that you want to put into place because you just think it is the most brilliant thing in the whole world. Of course it is. It was your idea. Mm-hmm. And, and you just, you do everything you can to put that out there and try to make it work. And it just doesn't resonate with anybody. And you cannot make people like what they're not going to like. So sometimes you just have to murder that darling mm-hmm. and move on. Mm-hmm. I think, too, it's important to always evaluate what you're doing and figure out, am I really speaking to the client or am I speaking to my ego? Right. I hate to be blunt, but it's true. Yeah. Am I speaking to the client or am I speaking to my ego? We did talk about that a lot more in the previous episode. Well, I saw I saw um, a little thing on uh, somebody's Twitter account last week, and it said, um, don't sell the mattress, sell a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. So there's the features and the benefits, right? And and there's always features and benefits. Everybody talks about features and benefits. And some people are going to buy because it's a pocket coil with 1,200 springs or whatever. But more people are going to buy on emotion because they know that they're going to get their six or seven hours sleep. They're going to wake up refreshed and they're going to have just a wonderful life. Yeah, and to, to, to further illustrate this feature and benefits, because I've talked to marketers who don't get this. Um, features are the 1200 coils. Yes. The features is the pillow top mattress. The feature is, um, uh, stain proof material. It could be anything. The benefit is easy to keep clean. The benefit is you get a good sleep. The benefit is, um, you're going to be more comfortable than you ever have been. And so again, like you said, you're speaking to the emotions, you're speaking to the actual human experience. Right. And you always have to sell on benefits. Features are, people will always, people will want to have to get what you want, or sorry, they'll want to ha- get what you have, and, but you have to explain to them why. You have to give them the need. You have to put the, build the need right. in. Uh, and once they believe they need to get it, when they want to get it, then they're going to buy it. Because exactly. the, the need will overcome the price point. And right. Back to where the the needs and the wants intersect. Exactly. And so what happens is, I know when I write sales letters, I always start talking about the benefits or the lack thereof. You know, uh, one of my favorite expressions that I use when I open up a sales page, especially on the top line, I'll say, imagine, dot, dot, dot. Right. In other words, I want to kind of draft in their mind a perfect scenario. Imagine if you woke up refreshed. That's a benefit. And I've given them a strong, positive benefit. Or I could say, imagine waking up and being tired again. Yeah. And now I'm drafting in the pain point. Right. Eventually, though, if the the pocket coil mattress is $5,000 and I can go to the local store and get one for $1,000, I better have a lot of reasons why my mattress is better. And that's where the the actual features start coming in. You know, we have 50% more coils than the competitors. We have a three-inch pillow top where they only have two. And this all makes a difference. Yeah. 12-year sleep guarantee. 12-year sleep. And that that also puts in more. That's a trust factor. That is a, right. a credibility trust factor again. And, and a lot of my products, I give an, a lifetime warranty on them because of the fact that I believe that, that uh, you've bought it and you should be able to use it for a lifetime. And... Really, and, and I've had people say, or oh, even guarantees to money back. Like, let's say um, you had a, you're, I'm selling a piece of software. I could have a 30-day money-back guarantee, a 60-day money-back guarantee, or a one-year money-back guarantee. Believe it or not, 
the easiest to sell is the one year. Right. And people, and I hate to say this, forget about it. Yes, they do. They do. And I, I and it, it sounds dishonest, but it's true. And uh, you will get more sales because you have a longer guarantee. Because that says to the customer, wow, this software must be good if he's going to say, wow, for a whole year, you know, like I can get my money back if I'm not happy. And I've bought because of that reason, too. Mm-hmm. And I've forgotten even I don't use it after a <laughs> month, you know. Yeah. So uh, those things work and those things are important. So those things should be in your in your in your your plan, your offline or your online plan. Um, and that brings us really to our next point. You have to have a plan. You just can't, you know, ad hoc marketing. You just can't throw people together and hope for the yep. best and do this and do that. You gotta you gotta have a plan. If you're gonna offline market advertising uh, in the paper and you got your business cards and you're gonna pay for Google ads and you're gonna have a website, take the time to make sure you're consistent and that's part of your plan, it's that consistency. Know what you're focusing in on. And the plan could be that you're focusing on several, uh, two or three different things in different areas and you're trying to get the response rate on those three areas to see which is the best. Well, I always, tell people that what you have to do is you have to plan your marketing strategy. You make your plan, excuse me, you make your plan. And then within that plan, you work through your individual campaigns, which might be Google AdWords, which might be uh, a a postcard, which might be um, a video series. Each of those comprises the the marketing strategy or the marketing plan as a whole, Mm -hmm. but each of those is approached as an individual campaign. And each of those should have a start and a finish and a budget. Mm -hmm. And it should be evaluated at the end of each plan to see what worked, what didn't work, if it's worth putting more money into, if it's not worth doing again, things like that. What I have found a lot of times is people don't even have that foundation that marketing plan they have no idea where they want to go they heard about google adwords so they throw a whole bunch of money out there at google adwords no it doesn't it doesn't work no it doesn't no. Work. It doesn't work yeah. and no. then they just just shut down on it or or uh, something with offline marketing uh like a, a a direct mailer piece that works best if you have a strategy behind it you don't want to just do a one-off and send it out there because you're going to get forgotten about you want to do probably a minimum of six. And that starts to build back to what we were talking about in last week's show about the recognition and the credibility factor. Exactly. And that's important so, too. Yeah, sorry. yeah. So if you do if you do it once and then you say, well, I only got four people that responded. So therefore it doesn't work. Well, that's not really how it works. So you have to you have to understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish, how each of the marketing strategies works and then work within those parameters Mm -hmm. exactly and that's important too in that you know again you have to touch the person multiple times sometimes before they'll even respond uh i've seen lots of technological things online that will bring ads you ever notice that when you go to amazon and looking around for a new barbecue let's say and then you jump to facebook and all of a sudden barbecues are displayed in the ads (laughs) huh and but there's they know that they you will need to see those Amazon ads a few times before you'll take action on it, and it increases their chances of a stronger bottom line on sales. Remember the um, movie? I think it was around 1989 with Tom Cruise called The Minority Report. Mm-hmm. 
And he's walking down the street and all the billboards, all the electronic billboards are coming up with things that he buys, that he uses, all personalized to him. And of course, that was way out there in 1989. And we're there. I was, you know, my birthday was last week. And I think I mentioned to you, I go on Google to search something and there's little, Google is made up of little birthday cakes and cupcakes and it says, happy birthday, Nancy. And I got to be honest, it kind of creeped me out for a second. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized that, well, of course, you know, Google, because of my YouTube channel and my Google Plus accounts, everything, it's got my, my data in there. Exactly, exactly. And we need to realize that. But we also need to take advantage of that as well in our own yes. marketing. These things are easy, easy to put into place. You just have to have the right skills or the right people. Uh, as, Hen- as Henry Ford said, I don't need to know everything. I just need to know the people who know everything. And that's an important thing to remember, too. We mm-hmm. talked last week about, about being humble enough to admit when you don't know everything. Right. The flip side of that is being either afraid or too arrogant and thinking that you know everything and that you can do everything. And that's where a lot of people get into trouble too. I can't tell you how many, um, I don't mean to pick on professionals, but professional offices like dental mm-hmm. offices, chiropractic offices, things like that. And, and they're excellent at what they do, but they think that they can throw together a marketing campaign. And Sometimes they do have a background there, but most times, you know, they don't know what they're doing. Oh, I I work for a doctor's office, and again, I'm not going to pick on doctors necessarily, but um, they were smart guys. They were highly educated people, and I was hired on as their chief um, uh, technical, technical officer, their CTO, and I worked there for several years, and I constantly butt heads with the doctors because they felt they knew technology better than I did. And right. Uh, there's a lot of times I actually had to sit to them now one day and say say to them, why are you paying me? If you yeah. know this better, then just handle it and I'll find a job somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you have to trust that I know what I'm talking about. And I, well, I, I and have th- everybody's interest at heart here. Well, and the thing to remember too is is that by doing that, that frees you up to do what you do best. Mm-hmm. That brings the money in the door. Mm-hmm. A doctor or a chiropractor or a roofer or your furnace guy, he's not going to make money by going out and and designing a a brochure. He's going to make money by going out and fixing people's furnaces. Exactly. And I've seen guys who really get targeted on what they're good at. And it could be something simple. It could be all he does is change roofs or builds decks and he makes a lot of money because he's really good at it. And everybody knows that Bob knows how to do decks. and. That's if that's your if that's your passion, that's important. And if you're good at it, you need to be you need to let people know that. And you know, let's say Bob is the guy who builds decks. What you could do is you could do a video on, and it could be simple. It doesn't have to be sexy. You know, your wife Jane could have the video camera, and you could be, you know, you put a nice clean shirt on. Of course, you don't want to look grubby, um, because that's perception as well. That's right. And uh, you say, you know, if you got a deck, these are the things you want to make sure to make it last a long time. Now, yeah. are you talking about getting business in the door? Yes, you actually are because you're showing your expertise and you're giving them something. And uh, I never can say this word right, so please fill in the gap, Nancy, if I can't <laughs> get it right. There is a law called the law of recipro- recipro- reciprocity. Bingo. The That's law the law of reciprocity. When you put that into place... Basically, what's happening is you're giving them something, and, and and it makes them feel obligated. 
And it's not that you want to make people feel obligated to you and you're not trying to trick people, but it, it just happens. And when you do these things for these people, then that's where the trust starts to build. They're like, wow, you gave me something for nothing. I, I, you know, and the day that they need a new deck, they're going to phone Bob. That's right. So that's right. Also, one thing too, when you're doing your plan, make sure you use bigger events around you to help build your business. Like you had mentioned earlier, it was your birthday and that. If you are a catering company and uh, Mother's Day is coming up or birthdays, you know, let's advertise for birthdays or, you know, if you've got a mom who's got a birthday in May or in June, you know, you got to get her posies and we have a special on posies this month or yes. whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Use those big events. And, and we don't realize that companies right now use special events in a big way. A good example is Christmas time. How many companies market directly to Christmas? You know, if you really start looking, you're going to realize that, wow, put your marketing glasses on and start looking at these companies. They know that they make literally over half their profits in the month of December. And they want to make those, like from Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving on, like I would say after Halloween, like October 31st until December 25th, 50% to 90% in some cases, they make that profit during that time. So they market to that event. They market that Santa's bringing or a present down the chimney to the children or uh, the car company. They drive up and then imagine surprising your wife with a brand new car on Christmas Day. And this is what they market. And they know it. The retail market, uh, the business to consumer B2C market, they do have their huge times um, that that they make their most money. Um, business to business has the same kind of thing. What you want to do if you if you target mostly business to business is y- you need to consider getting in there prior to when um, uh, budgets are established. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, lots of times you're going to get going to get them saying, "Well, you know, we've got our our marketing budget established for this year, or we've got our whatever budget established for this year, and uh, so we can't we can't do anything right now." Well, here's a side note, and I've actually worked on this side note a few times. A lot of companies will hold back money because what they would happen is, I, I used to be in the military, and we saw this a lot in the military. We'd have a fixed budget in a, in an department, and what would happen is February would roll around, and the the uh, the the chief in charge of that department come forth and say, "Hey, is there anything you guys want or need? Yeah. Because I still have another fifteen thousand dollars to spend. If I don't spend it, I'm going to lose it next year. So don't be afraid. And when it's a B two B sort of marketing strategy, to approach businesses, to ask. yeah, in January, February, and not say, "Hey, have you got any money extra left over?" <laughs> say to them, "Hey, we're having a sale on because we want to wrap up sales for the year on our on our budgetary year." Um, I don't know if you have any extra funds, but we have these great laptops on sale and you'd be shocked at the sales you can make just doing that. And you can possibly even make it as an excuse to clear out last year's stock. Mm-hmm. So you just never know. Yeah, yeah another, that's true. Another thing too, when you have your plan and you have to recognize that people do work online a lot now. They have their smart devices, they have their computers, and that has a very positive and a very negative impact towards your marketing. A good example that we had talked about earlier, uh, but we want to present to you as an audience, is the fact that you got to watch out for bad reviews. You have to watch oh. out for bad PR all the time. <clears throat> don't be, don't pretend it's not there, and don't shy away from it. Hit it head on. If you screwed up, 
or if the customer is just being a jerk, go after it. Don't go after the customer. Go after the problem. And again, be a problem solver. I remember there's a restaurant. Uh, it sells Greek food here in town. And um, it got some really bad PR. Like this person went in and they were so expensive and the food was cold and this and that and da-da-da-da. And the owner phoned me up and said, well, what am I to do? I said, what you need to do is you need to phone the person and invite him back and his whole family for a free meal on him to make up on his yeah. mistake. Yeah. And at the end of the meal, you know, at the end of the meal, you say to him, you say to the customer, hey, can you do me a favor and take the bad review down? Because I really, yeah. we really made an mis- honest mistake and it's really hurting us. Be humble, heart, uh, hand in heart in hand and say to them anything that you can do to, to take that away. Sometimes you get somebody who's just being a jerk and there's nothing you can do about it. But That's again, right. don't ignore it. Acknowledge it and do the best that you can because you know something? If the guy's a jerk, it's going to come out. So never Well, and every them. business is going to make a mistake. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Every business at some point will make a mistake and end up with somebody that's not happy with something. And you're right. Just address it and, and resolve it. Yeah. Another thing too is part of the actual process of getting more clients in the door is getting those reviews and getting the positive reviews or positive testimonials. And you have to be proactive because as we discussed, you're going to have one person come forth and become an evangelist to your business and say, wow, you know, you're the greatest person in this field I've ever met. And they want to tell everybody and they're willing to do video testimony on new phone, all your customers who'd want to be customers. And, and it, but that doesn't happen very often. But no. for that one, you're going to get 100 say, well, I didn't like the guy. That's or I didn't right. like the business. People, People are, find it easier to complain than to compliment. Exactly. Exactly. And that's important to realize. Yeah. So it's not that you're doing a bad job. It's just that people are apt to complain a lot faster than compliment. So, but so how do you, Nancy, how have you in your business, like, if you want to get testimonials, what have you been doing in your business to to get these, either to get a testimonial or build a customer evangelist? Well, I hate to actually admit it, but it's kind of like that old adage about the shoemaker's kids have no shoes. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, I, I had had been up until recently probably one of the worst offenders on failing to get testimonials from clients when I had completed, completed uh, work with them. I just kind of was happy I did the job and on to the next one. And I, I recognized that I wasn't doing myself any favors because word of mouth, reputation, trust factors, all of those are so critical, um, especially in a down economy like we have now, to gain um, the trust of prospects and, and draw them in. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I basically do now is, is as I'm working with clients, I just say to them, you know, is it okay if I get a testimonial from you? I've got a testimonial page on my website, and I'd like to be able to put it in there. Mm-hmm. And I've never had anybody say no. Yeah, and I purposely chase them down. Another thing that we are doing is, uh, my, again, my wife is in quilting and, at, and she has a lot of clients come physically in the door. So we'll actually say to the person, if the person, if we see, and you can see it, you can see, wow, I'm really thrilled. This is awesome. Now, not every person comes in the door and goes, wow, this is awesome. Every once in a while you get somebody looking at it and go, mm, yeah, it's not too bad. You know, I had somebody do, you know, a flamingo on the back of my quilt or whatever <laughs> it is. And it would be in, but again, it's, that's not her testimony. But right. you get somebody come in and go, wow, this is, this is so pretty. I love it. And you know what yeah. I've taught my wife to do is I'll, I'll say to her, 
I say to her, just say to the customer, would you mind giving me a quick video testimonial? I, as as yes. a matter of fact, for sure, I want to have a picture of you holding your quilt up because you did a magnificent job on the quilt and we've done a magnificent job finishing it. And I really, I, I do take pictures of all quilts for prosperity's sake. And the, the person always smiles. That in itself is testimony. Because right. they're like, wow, I'm really happy. And sometimes they'll say, yeah, we'd love to give you, I'd love to give you a testimony. And they'll be like, I came to Brenda and she's awesome. And she's the best quilter in the world. And I'm so happy with my quilt. And you got to bring your quilt down to Brenda. Full have stop. you found anybody that's uh, back to the being camera shy? Have you found anybody that uh, shies away a little bit from the Absolutely. video testimonial? Absolutely. Some of them but do. But then what do you do? We just take the picture. We just okay. we just take a picture. And sometimes they Perfect. don't even want to be in the picture, but we want to display the quilt. We and they'll still give you a testimonial that can go in text. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes they do. And uh, everybody's different. Nobody's, not everybody's going to say yes, but there are going to be a few who are going to say yes. And you need those. You need that social proof. Yes. You know, we it's a big buzzword right now, social proof. What social proof is, is that somebody just like you has come to this person and they're happy with the service or product they've been offered and that the problem has been solved. And I like to see social proof. I know, Nancy, you like to see social yeah. proof. You know, you don't buy, you like you own a Honda, right? I do. Why do you own a Honda? Because it's my third and they've always been so reliable. But why did you buy the first one? Because you probably heard they were reliable. Yes, exactly. Social proof. And, yep. you know, and that's another important testimony in that you want to continue to provide a reason for social proof. You don't want to go and give them 120% on the first effort and 80% on the second. That's inconsistency and that builds distrust. Right. Okay. Um, so... Can I just jump in for a second with you, with you using the phrase social proof? I just kind of had a, a, a little mini chuckle there. Um, again, it's quite interesting to me. I've been in marketing since the Stone Age. Mm -hmm. and, and it's funny to me how different buzzwords become the way, to, the, the, the way that things are, are presented and represented. The, the latest thing that I've come across is is content marketing mm. and and all that kind of stuff. Well, what's content marketing? It's the same thing everybody has always done. It is it is providing content about your product or service and telling a story about it because we all know stories engage people. Yep, exactly. But now suddenly that's all the, the latest hype is about content marketing. So I, I guess what I just want to say here about that is is we're we're going to live we always have lived, we're going to continue to live in a society where the same product is packaged with different buzzwords. So don't get intimidated by the change in the buzzwords. Just learn to understand what they are and, and just carry on. And that's something we kind of skipped over in my notes, but, uh, but maybe it's important to bring it out now, is don't be intimidated by the technology. Don't become entranced with the technology. Don't, uh, yes. the buzzwords, things really don't change. Things really have never changed. I'm sure if you could step back 5,000 years, people advertised differently, but it was still the same field, still the same context. Yeah. You know, you might have been a blacksmith, but you would make sure that, you know, you'd say to your customers, hey, make sure you tell Sam down at the saloon that I put your horseshoes on. 
exactly. and you're happy with them, you know, and yeah, exactly. because he wants to get more business in the door. So things, the technology might change, but we as people have never changed. And you made a very good point there when you said not to get entranced by it, because I fell into that trap personally, mm-hmm. probably about, uh, I don't know, 18 months or so ago. And I actually almost, well, I, I did basically become paralyzed on moving my business forward because I was so busy getting different technologies and and this was the thing that was was the the greatest thing and this is what everybody's looking for and then I had to learn how to do that and I just I wasn't doing anything but getting all this technology that was getting me nowhere mm-hmm. and thanks to you talking through things with you you helped me recognize that no no just you know what just do what you do move ahead and, yeah. and I actually have another example for you too that which really kind of emphasizes the point I had a friend whom was uh, starting up a new business, and he was waiting for his business cards to come. And it was going to take about a week or two for them to come through the mail. He got them through Vista Print or whatever, and uh, he's waiting for his business cards. And uh, free plug for you there, Vista Print. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was waiting for his business cards, and uh, he was saying, Oh, I can't wait to get started. Can't wait to get started. And I said to him, Well, why don't you start cold calling? Well, yeah. I haven't got my business cards yet. And I said, are they going to see them? Well, I need my business cards. I said, no, you don't. They need to see you. And you're here already. Call yeah. them. Go yeah. see them. If you haven't got your business card, say, hey, I haven't got my business cards yet. But that gives you a strong reason just to close the sale. That's right. You know, you don't want to. Or, to. or to go and have a second meeting with them. Exactly. And I always say to people, too, sometimes it's the worst thing to do in the world is to have business cards. Go right. to the client and say to the client, you know, I'm all out of business cards, but can I get your information? Yes. That's who's in control of that conversation now. You are. And you can phone them up and say, hey, remember I was talking to you last week? I'm just giving you a holler because uh, I just got my business cards and I want to sit down and talk with you again quickly if that's okay and give you one of my business cards. Well, they, yeah. You know, if they don't really want to talk to them, they can say, no, I'm not interested. But if they're interested, you can reopen that uh, that that conversation and while you're at the, the thing, uh, at the appointment, you can talk to them and maybe close the sale then. And then, and then you give them your business card. And you're done. So don't mm-hmm. let anything, and uh, don't let technology, don't let it, waiting for an ad in the paper, don't let any of these things hold you back. Just go and advertise. Talk to people. Get those, those testimonies. Get that social proof. Get that, put that content up. Um, don't get stuck in the busy work. Don't get stuck in the busy work. And that's a place where a lot of people do get stuck. I am very guilty of that. And I realize that a week goes by and I've not got one inch further on my project that's going to pay the bills at the end of the month. Right. So, you know, that's another thing too. So I think we've hammered this pretty good. Um, I'm just making sure, I want to make sure we're not missing anything. I think the big point we want to point out again is always be proactive with your customers. Always think about and anticipate your customers' needs and wants. Always be there to, uh, and make sure you, you make sure you make yourself available to be there to handle the issues that do come up or to. Well, and that gets back to making sure that at the very core of your business, you've identified properly identified who your ideal client is. Exactly. Remember, the sales process doesn't stop once you've completed the job. The sales process just starting over again. Yes. And you need to phone the client and say, hey, Mr. Mister Client, how are things going? Oh, they're going great. You know, I don't get very many product owners who phone me up and say, hey, how are things going? 
Yeah. There is one that, that phones me up two, three times a year. Hey, you've subscribed for another year and there's nothing wrong. I'm just phoning to make sure that everything's going well and you don't have any concerns or considerations because if you do, I want to get into them right now. Uh, your subscription is still good for another nine months, but you know, I'm just phoning to say I'm here for you. And I have kept the subscription for three years and still using their product, even though I've seen other ones that seem to be a little bit better because I kind of feel like I have a relationship with this company now or this with this particular salesperson at the company. She phones well, me. Well, that's up. what it's all about, right? Exactly. Creating that relationship. And it's a good time then to say, hey, you know, Bob, hey, Nancy, hey, whomever you're talking to, I happen to have on my site a place where you can fill in your comments, questions, queries. It's always there for you. If 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 you're really happy, it really helps me if if um if you can t- if you can leave a comment or it really helps me if you know somebody who right. can use what I've given you it really helps me and i'd be really appreciative of that you know the, and the easiest easier that you can make it for your client to give you a testimonial or to give you a referral the more likely you are to get that testimonial and that referral exactly and if you want them hands over if you've done everything yeah. you can to make the experience as best that you can and you've tried really hard to to give them that experience and you know this comes back to your plan your plan needs yep. to, to lay these things out. If you're just kind of doing things ad hoc and you're kind of, oh, I got to phone Bob. Oh, I got to phone Nance. Yep. Oh, I got to phone whomever. That doesn't plan work. Plan it and schedule it. I've got a, I've got a, a, a financial planner mm-hmm. as a client, and he sends a birthday card to mm-hmm. each and every one of his clients on their birthday. Exactly. And that's brilliant because it touches base with them. The, the most world successful used car salesman would always send birthday cards and Christmas oh. cards. Did it cost him something? He actually hired somebody on to do it, but he was yes. a multi-million dollar salesman for it. That's right. People want to be remembered. They want to be recognized. Exactly. So I hope you've enjoyed the show. Nancy, tell us what you have for us. You have a new series you just put out. New video series. Uh, why you want to use... what? Using offline marketing as a strategy <laughs> for your business, and it is uh, available on my articles and post page on my website, www.agapimarketing.com. Exactly. And if you come by the Small Business Tip Show, that's smallbusinesstipshow.com, you can also get the free gift called, Are You Ready to Live Your Passions? If you subscribe, and you'll be getting a guide called Making Your Passion Your Purpose. Because if you're not living within your passions, if you're not operating within your passions, you're not living life to its fullest. Nancy, thank you once again. Good discussion on how to get more clients in the door. And make sure you stay tuned next week. Nancy, thank you so much.